Hello. We want to thank you for joining our Living Messiah family by downloading this podcast. We hope it blesses you and enriches your life. We also want to encourage you, uh, if you can, and if your heart is so moved, to support this ministry by going on our website, livingmessiah.com, and donating to help us to put these podcasts in every nation, every place, so we can bring these messages to change lives, to help people grow in the Word of God. Once again, thank you so much for being part of our family. Shalom. Shabbat shalom, everyone. We are glad that you're here with us. You might have to turn this mic down just a hair. Shabbat shalom, everyone that's joining us online. So we have our in-depth study today is about mercy and grace. We have five that are going to be presenting during this uh, 45-minute segment. Uh, it'll be Ryan, then Dane, then Lisa, then Mike, and then Deborah. And so remember, we're, so hold, uh, I want to, because we don't know for sure how much time, so let's hold our questions to the end, but give them time to, to cover the uh, material that they have spent time studying to present. So let's uh, come before the Almighty. Father, we thank you so much for this day, for your Shabbat. We thank you for this time that we can study about mercy and grace, and we thank you that th those that have stepped forward to bring forth this study, be with them, Father, guide them and direct them. May your spirit be with us. And we thank you for the words that you put upon their hearts and upon their lips. We magnify you and glorify you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Okay, Ryan, you're, you're first. Hallelujah. We are here to discuss mercy. Um, what a beautiful thing it is that the Father has mercy on us. Um, to even sit here and be able to discuss with everybody um, because of Yah's mercy um, is, is very amazing. Um, I looked into um, what, what amazed me, actually for the first time in my life, I looked into scriptures um, to see how many times mercy was brought up in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And to my surprise, it's a vast difference. Um, according to the King James Version Bible, whether it's the regular King James Version, New King James Version, the King James Version Plus, which is with the e-sword, that I researched on my computer, I found that uh, mercy shows up the most in Psalms 99, um, Exodus, uh, the book of Exodus 20 times, Isaiah, I think nine times, the book of Luke 10 times, the book of Matthew 9, and then Romans 9. Um, I also went to see that um, there's several types of mercy that the Father gives his children. Um, we have divine mercy, which refers to Yah's compassion and forgiveness towards humanity, us as believers. Human mercy, which encourages believers and Messiah to show kindness and forgiveness to others. Uh, redemptive mercy highlights Yah's willingness to save and redeem us uh, as we were sinners through Yahushua Messiah. Um, those are, I think there's a couple other different levels. Uh, there's judicial mercy. Um, but Yah's, Yah's mercy has been from day one, you know, all the way back, I believe, to Adam and Eve, um, and then upon us as his children. Um, I, I pondered a lot when I realized that Psalms had the most of 99 verses, or give or take 10 more. It, it was astounding to look at King David's life and that was awesome because our brother Woody has been putting a lot of psalms on the last couple of weeks. So to be able to ponder that is pretty amazing. 
and I came across the scripture to why King David was a fool of mercy from Yah. Uh, Samuel uh, chapter 13, verses 14, I believe, said that Yahweh has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people. Also in 2 Samuel 24, 14, King David said to Gad, I am in deep distress. Let us fall into the hands of Yah, for his mercy is great. But do not let us fall, or let me fall into the hand of human hands. Um, which I ponder that. I, see, I looked at King David's life, and since he was called, Yahweh knew his heart. Though he would be a man in the flesh that made errors that I can't even really ponder, um, it showed that the father saw David's heart, appointed him, and because of David's love and praise and thanksgiving continually for the father, he, he was given the abundance of mercy throughout his life. Um, I believe he served 40 years. Um, it was truly amazing to see, even in the midst of his deep errors, that when the father appointed him and, and, and knew David's heart, even in the midst of those errors, he would keep coming back and he would praise and give glory amongst any people at any given time. Um, I also looked at uh, Paul's life, of course, and the greatest act of mercy there was when he was on the road to Damascus and he had the encounter with Yahushua. Um, after persecuting so many believers through his walk, I, I, I went and read the, the story of Stephen where Paul was there watching him get stoned to death. Um, and it's very, very deep to um, see and realize the mercy the Father has given us as his children. Because he loves us, and if he calls us, his mercy is going to be upon us because he looks at our hearts and he knows that we're going to strive to always walk in his ways. Um, for me, I looked at my life and, and this, uh, um, I guess, um, what, what, how do I want to say it? Um, Deborah coming and, 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 and calling us to, to seek mercy out. The first time in my life, really, in 26 years of walking with the Lord, it was is to wake up every day and realize how deep that mercy is. That, um, at least for myself and many others, I don't think we wake up in the day thinking we're going to fall short of the Father and, 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 and like, okay, I need your mercy, but when we do fall short, his mercy comes upon us. Um, and that's because, you know, if we're pursuing him with our love and our lives, he, he'll, he'll, he'll continue to rain upon us his mercy and to keep us from falling so far away. Um, I have a couple more scriptures that I pulled up. Why don't you turn? There we go. Yeah. Hallelujah. Um, Lamentations chapter 3. Okay, we're just going to go this way. 22 to 23. Elohim's plan stems from his merciful love for his people, knowing there was nothing we could do to earn our way into his presence. He made a way through the stake of, of, of Yahushua going to it. Defeating death, Yahushua opened up access to Elohim for us. Through prayer, Elohim's word, and the rule of Kakadesh living in us each day, 
brings fresh new mercy. Every morning, Elohim is faithful. Even though every day we fall short, mercy is Elohim's gift to the repentant heart. Um, you, Yahweh, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Psalms 86, 5. But because of his great love for us, Elohim, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Messiah even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Ephesians chapter 2, verse, verse 4 through 5. And last but not least, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy, he saved us through the washing of the rebirth and renewal by the rule of Hakadesh. Titus chapter 3, verse 5. And there it is. Hallelujah. Amen. Hello, everybody. Um, mercy in Hebrew, the word I came up with was Rahim, which means mercy or compassion. And it's a noun, but it can also be used as a verb. When it's used as a verb, it's rakim. Rakim is derived from the name of the most motherly organ in the body, which is the womb. And that's raham. This is where the strongest connection of compassion and love are bonded between the mother and the baby. It's pretty interesting that the word mercy can have so much meaning into it. I never imagined it could be something like that. Uh, I can't quite comprehend how it feels to have a baby, but I imagine that's pretty intense feeling. Um, Raham is to give or show compassion or have mercy and is in the imperative form. The imperative form is commanding or requesting something from others. Examples of Rahem is Jeremiah 31:20. Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he delighted? Is he a delightful child? Indeed, as often as I have spoken against him, I certainly still remember him. Therefore, my heart yearns for him. I will certainly have mercy on him, declares the Lord. And also Luke 18:38. And he called out, saying, Yeshua, son of David, have mercy on me. And then examples of the Raka, Raka meme, which is the noun, sorry, the, the Rakem was the verb, the Raka meme is the noun. So the noun is Jeremiah 42, 12. I will also show you compassion so that he will have compassion on you and restore you to your own soil. And then there's Mark 8, 2. I feel compassion for the people because they have remained with me for three days already and have nothing to eat. So it's, it's also, it's mercy or compassion. It seems to come up quite often like that. Um, it's interesting that all occurrences of Rakamim in the Old Testament is mentioning as a gift. In the English, it can be deceiving because in Jeremiah 42:12, and I will show you mercy, 
in the Hebrew actually says, and I will give mercy to you. So it's as a gift. In the English, it kind of shows it in a different way. Um, there is a difference between showing mercy, which indicates emotion, to giving mercy, which indicates choice of action. And I found the, the Greek word for mercy was elios, which means mercy, compassion, and pity. Um, and then another word for mercy I found was hesed, which we talked about last week, which I thought was pretty interesting. It also means loving kindness, that I found in Hosea 6.6. 6. For I desired mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. So the word for well, hesed is, in a good sense, zeal towards anyone, kindness, some big words here, big benignity, which means kindness or tolerance towards others. It also means benevolence, desire to do good to others and goodwill, as shown in mutual benefits. Also mercy and pity when referring to those in misfortune. And then there's examples, Genesis 21, 23. So now swear to me, here by God, that you will not deal falsely with me or with my offspring or with my descendants according to the kindness that I have shown to you and shall show to me and to the land in which you have resided. So that word there is kindness. And there's Second Samuel 10.2. Then David said, I will show kindness to Hanun, the son of Nahash, just as his father showed kindness to me. So David sent some of his servants to console him about his father. But when David's servants came to the land of the Amorites, and then I found one more word in Hebrew that was for mercy. Uh, Chanan, uh, have mercy on, show favor, and be gracious. And they have a Genesis 33.5. He raised his eyes and saw the women and children and said, Who are these with you? So he said, The children whom God has graciously given your servant. And that's graciously that translates to um, the Hanan. And that's all I have. So uh, my study was on the throne of grace and the seat of mercy. Um, Hebrews 4.16, let us come therefore boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So I looked up the de definition of throne and the de definition of seat. Throne in Hebrew is corset, which means seat, authority, um, official seat, and then Interestingly enough, uh, seat is kise, um, also meaning the same thing, authority, chair, official seat. So I find it interesting that you can kind of interchange those, um, the, seat, the seat of, of grace and the throne of mercy. So they kind of overlap each other. Um, I found also the same thing that Dane found with uh, mercy being pity and womb. And I thought, our father is 
so tender and so deeply merciful towards us. It is quite amazing. And then um, when you think of the Ark of the Covenant, which is where the mercy seat is, uh, I discovered it actually means covering. So it's a closure. It's a lid over the Ten Commandments. And then the mercy seat had the blood of sacrifice, which was sprinkled by the high priest on the mercy seat, where sin was atoned for. And then um, we, can we can take that understanding and apply it to Yahusha, who is our high priest. He covers our transgressions of the commandments, shedding his blood to become our propitiation. And propitiation, when I looked it up, um, is the Hebrew word for kapareth, also kafar. It's where uh, Yom Kippur comes from. It also means uh, to cover, and it's also a price of redemption, a price and ransom. And I found an interesting um, definition of propitiation, uh, the act of regaining the favor or goodwill of someone. So Yahusha goes in our stead to be the propitiator, uh, seeking the favor of our Most High God on our behalf. And then favor, that kind of ties nicely in with grace, which is Hen. Um, it also means acceptance, um, and I liked it because it also uh, ties in with gracious, and I looked up Jeff Benner. He's awesome. <laughs> so I'm just going to quote what he wrote about gracious, which is Hanan. Um, he says that gracious, being gracious or merciful, these are abstract terms, and they do not help us to understand the meaning of this verb from a Hebraic perspective. Um, we always, he says, you want to relate to something concrete, and one of the best tools to do it is to find the meaning of a word uh, as it's paralleled in poetical passages. So he says in the book of Psalms, which you said mercy is quoted, uh, Hanan is paralleled with heal, help, raise, refuge, and to give strength. And to sum it up, it means it also provides protection. So being gracious, you can add to all of those things. It just kind of makes it more concrete. So Hanan, um, in Psalm 6-2, it says, Be merciful to me, or be gracious to me, O Yahuwah, for I am frail. Heal me, O Yahuwah, for my bones are in agony. And so I came to read it as, Help me, Yahuwah, for I am frail. Just crying out to him. Um, the first use of the word grace is in Genesis 6-8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of Yahuwah. Why? Because in verse 9, it tells us that he walked with God not contrary to God, even amid a very wicked world. And then in verse 22, it says, thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. So while I was kind of like getting this study together, I came across an understanding. I didn't have time to search it out, but maybe you guys can um, together as a congregation. Can we find evidence in the scriptures where grace applies to those who are obedient, as Noah was, and mercy to those who maybe act out of disobedience? And if so, perhaps this can lend a more concrete understanding of the distinction between the two divine concepts. Um, Hannah, also named kind of close to Hanak, uh, Samuel's mother, she walked out the definition of her name when she received help or favor after calling upon the Most High in her distress. As a result, she prayed, saying in 1 Samuel 2.8, 
He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. And then in the NASB, he raises the poor from the dust, he lifts the needy from the garbage heap to seat them with nobles, and he gives them a seat of honor as an inheritance. The Septuagint combines both the throne and the seat, and it says, he lifts up the poor from the earth, raises the needy from the dunghill to seat him with the princes of the people and causing them to inherit the throne of glory. So then going back, to make a circle, back to Hebrews 4.16 with the understanding of what, the deeper understanding of what mercy and grace is. So I inserted the, the understanding, and this is what it read. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of help, refuge, or protection, that we may obtain deep compassion or covering and find strength to help in time of need. I couldn't wait to share that with you guys. (laughs) Okay, my uh, word was also grace, and I'm going to start reading that. Lisa read part of this. I'm going to read the whole scripture. Genesis 6, 5, 8. Uh, wrong page. 6, 5 through 8. Yahuwah saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And Yahuwah regretted that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him in his heart. So Yahuwah said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heaven, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor or grace in the eyes of Yahuwah. So I was thinking about this scripture because, as Lisa said, this is the first time it appears in the Bible. This is actually where I started. And I thought about that verse that Noah found favor and uh, I asked myself, well, how do you find favor? <laughs> but in uh, Matthew 7, 7, it says, seek and you sh- shall find. I mean, you have to look for it, right? Uh, it, and what is it that you seek for? In Matthew six thirty three, you seek first its kingdom. So uh, I actually started looking at the, at the words found and find just to, because uh, Grace and mercy, or not grace, but uh, grace and favor, they're kind of interchangeable in the Hebrew. So sometimes it says uh, a person found favor or they found grace. And uh, I actually looked under a find and found, and I found, found, no pun intended, but (laughs) that like 40 plus times that it'll say something like, uh, like Noah found favor, Abram found favor, and it's always in the eyes of the person, right? It's, in English, they say, in the sight of. But I kind of like the way it says, in the eyes of, because I'm finding in Hebrew, things always relate to a bodily parts like that. Like, like if somebody's angry, it says, his nose grew hot, right? It doesn't say he got angry. It says his nose got hot, which is kind of an interesting way of phrasing it. But... Uh, so I found like uh, 40 plus times, like uh, Laban seeks favor with uh, Jacob. Jacob, uh, three times when he met Esau, he says it three times, I want to find favor. When he sent out the, uh, his, his, uh, his men to you know, bring the animals 
before him. He says, tell him when he asks that I want to find favor in his, in his eyes. And then when he actually meets Esau, he says it twice to him. I hope, you know, I, I want to find favor in your eyes. Uh, Joseph found favor with Potiphar. Uh, Moses, uh, he, he, in Exodus 33, he says it three times. If I found favor, if you know my name, or you say that I found favor with you, and you know my name, so if I have found favor, then I want to see your glory, right? And then Yahuwah says, he, kind of, he reverses the order. Uh, I, I know your name, and you have found favor. So he's reassuring him. Uh, last week we saw with Gad and Reuben, they, when they come before Moses, they say, if we have found favor in your sight, you know, do this for us. Uh, and the list goes on and on. And uh, I wanted to read the one in, in Ruth, uh, Ruth chapter 2. Oops. There we go. And this is when she's out gleaning. Two, uh, in verse 1, Naomi had a relative, her husband's, uh, a man of the clan, Elimelech, uh, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. So she doesn't even know Boaz at this point. She doesn't even know who she's going to find favor with. But she knows, like, I'm going to find favor because she's a hard worker. And as we see, and she, you know, she's committed her life to following the God that uh, Naomi taught her about, the God of Israel. And so later in verse uh, 10, I believe, yeah, uh, when, when Boaz finally meets her, and then she says, then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground. So she got down on the ground with her face to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? And Boaz answered her, all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told me and how you left your father and mother in your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. Yahuwah repay you for what you have done and a full reward be given you by Yahuwah, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. So this is a, like a picture of Ruth is Israel, Boaz is the father, and like her, I mean, shouldn't that be the response we all have? We should all be falling on our face and say, you know, why? Why have I found favor with you? I mean, we don't understand why he gives us grace and mercy, but we're thankful he, we, he does, right? But I think the key is in what these people, like Lisa was talking about Noah, the reason why uh, in, in verse 9 and, and with, with Ruth, that uh, they, they sought after his face. They want to do what's right. They want to follow, you know, the God of Israel. And that's really uh, the key, uh, you know, to, to this walk. You know, if we want to be, find favor in the eyes of Yahuwah, you know, the key is follow his commands and do what he asks, right? So in... Um, 
So in following up in the Ruth story in uh, Jeremiah 31, and I noticed there was a lot of Jeremiah today. But <laughs> so uh, 31, 2 says, Thus says Yahuwah, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. Now, when you first read that, you might think, is he talking about the people wandering in the wilderness back in Moses' day? I don't think so, because all those people fell by the wayside. wayside. They, were, they did not find grace. I think he's talking about us today, because we are in the wilderness, and he's giving us, you know, we're finding grace one by one. When Israel saw for rest, Yahuwah appeared to him from afar away. I have loved you with an everlasting love, which is the Hesed. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. And then finally, uh, I'll, I'll close in uh, Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, verse 3. Let not steadfast love, Hesed, and faithfulness, Amen. By, or forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor, hen, and good success in the sight of God and man. Amen. That was some good stuff there. <laughs> okay, so, um, oh, good, it's there. Okay, so just, just the arrow. Okay, so I'm just going to go. Oh, take some time. <laughs> um, the arrow isn't working, so. Let me just try. Oh, that's why. What did I just do? Okay. Okay, and then, okay, I'll just use this. I think it's, okay. Okay, so um, of course, what I wanted to do with this, and there's the QR code if anybody wants that. And so what I, what I wanted to do with this is just um, start with last week's word. Sorry, but I just found something that was interesting. So I want to present that really fast. And then I'll get on to mercy and grace. But um, of course, I wanted to look at Jeff Benner's um, lexicon and present that. So with love. So last week, we talked about ahav, meaning to provide for the house, the expressions and actions toward the family, which, was, which one was privileged, to be, to, to, privileged with, excuse me, to be cherished and protected. And I thought it would be interesting to look up the opposite of love and just see what that brought. And so I was thinking about this, and what would be the opposite of looking toward the house? Because the, the um, hey and the bet in the, in the word um, love, ahab, the, um, the um, root word, the parent root, it actually literally meant looking toward. And so I thought, well, what would be the opposite of looking toward the house? And then I thought, well, the opposite would be turning away from the house. And sure enough, the, the, words that, the word that meant turning away from the house was the word that translated as hate, which I thought was interesting. Um, sane. So let me just show you that. 
So, um, Sane. Let me just read you what Jeff Benner says about that. So the pictograph is, um, and tell me if I'm saying this right, is that seen? Is that right that I'm saying that? Okay. Is a picture of a thorn, and and the noon is a picture of a seed. Combine these to mean thorn seed. So the thorn, the seed of a plant with small sharp points, causes one to turn directions to avoid them. And it's where the English word sin comes from. And so like a, like a thorn, hate causes one to turn away from another. And of course, I thought about Leviticus 19.17. You shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall reason, frankly, with your neighbor. We talked about that just last week, I think. And so it occurred to me, which kind of blew me away, that so if love is looking toward the house and, and being privileged with that house and giving your gifts, then the opposite of that is to turn away from your brother because of pain. And so I was thinking about how uncomfortable Leviticus 19.17 is actually. If you need to talk to your brother, you need to have that difficult conversation, we, we automatically want to just turn away and never have that conversation. We automatically want to avoid discomfort and avoid... Uh, so it turns out that love is connecting, connecting with your brother, and hate would be disconnecting with your brother. So I thought that was really, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, and then mercy. So then I thought, okay, I'm going to do the same thing with mercy. I'm going to look at the meaning and its opposite. Okay, um, but I first wanted to talk about the, the um, Greek word for mercy, which Dane brought up, um, elios if I said that right. And um, I just wanted to kind of show you last week, when I was looking at Strong's, um, I was really surprised that this was related to covenant loyalty. We talked about that. And I just wanted to show you, so it wasn't actually in the Strong Strong, so if you look up, in the, but in the um, Bible, in Bible Hub online, it has this little helps word studies, and that's where it mentions that it is covenant loyalty. I just wanted to say that because, um, just point that out. So there it is, and you notice that it actually refers you to the Old Testament, um, Strong's number 2617, which is Hesed. Whoops, uh-oh, I did it again. <laughs> Go to the corner, like over here. Oh, <laughs> oh, there it is, okay, very, okay. So let me see if I can find the mouse again. <laughs> oh, okay, I'll try the arrow key, okay. Nope, not working. No, I'll try to find my mouse again. Where's the mouse? Oh, I just have to bring it all the way over. Oh, found it. Thank you. Okay, this is... I won't lose it again. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So, all right, so mercy. So I looked up mercy in um, the, the lexicon and chesed. And so this is what this means. Um, so the concrete meaning is the bowing of the neck. So bowing the neck as a sign of respect and kindness to an equal. Um, bowing the head or the neck, excuse me, as a, as a, as a sign of kindness. So um, here are some scriptures that it appeared in. So the first appearance that I found of merciful was um, in 2 Samuel twenty-two twenty-six, 26. And... This was not the first appearance of, of um, 
mercy uh, because it was what you had referred to, which was, gen which was in Genesis when Noah found favor. So I'm not sure what I did there. Okay. So then I was thinking about if mercy is the bowing of the neck as a sign of respect and kindness, so then what would the opposite be? And so the opposite of bowing of the neck, as you can figure, is a stiff neck. Yeah. So, and the translation of that, which kind of like surprised me, was cruel. And yeah, cachet. So that just brought up a bunch of, okay, so this, I thought, I just wanted a few um, scriptures with that. So Joseph saw his brethren, and he spoke roughly to them. So it was translated as roughly. And the Egyptians made their lives bitter with hard bondage. So that hard bondage was translated that way. And then Yehoah said unto Moses, I've seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Which that kind of broke my heart because that means, oh, here, especially in this one, Exodus 33, 5, say unto the children of Israel, you are a stiff-necked stiff people. I will come up into the midst of thee in a moment and consume thee. Um, therefore, put off your ornaments from you that I may know what to do with you. And so that, I was just thinking, if the word means cruel, then just imagine how they were treating Yahuwah, that he would say that about them. Right, or how they were treating each other. So, um, so the, the concrete meaning of kashat, if I'm saying that right, kashat, kasheh, I don't know. Um, kasheh, you think? Okay. Is um, gathering and a stock. And so the idea is that, that um, let me just kind of go down here and just tell you. So that tough part, the stiff part of the stock remains in the ground. And then eventually it's gathered up and put together. That, so the stiffness of a branch for making bows or snares. So that, that part of the grain stock that is the stock. Um, stubbornness as in stiff. And you can see why then it is translated hard because the stiffness of the stubble or the branch. And so that just, um, you could see here that it is translated rough, cruel, grievous, sore, hard-hearted, and heavy. So the opposite of mercy then um, would be cruel, stiff-necked. And then grace, um, Jeff Benner, uh, his two-letter root, his parent root. Uh, so um, Lisa had talked about this. And I thought it was really interesting that she said it was healing and help. And I'll tell you why, because Jeff Benner gives you the concrete, and that is this. Um, I'll just read it if you don't mind. The um, pictograph, what is that letter? Is it pet? The wall? Oh. Yeah, that's Hen. Hen. Okay, thank you. Okay. Is a picture of a wall, and the noon is a picture of a seed, meaning to continue. Combine these, and they mean the wall continues. So um, a nomad's camp consisted of many family tents, which made up the, which made up the clan camp. The camp ha can have as many as 50 tents or more. The tents are placed in a circular configuration, forming one continuous wall surrounding the camp. And um, so it can also be translated beauty, because within this wall of the family clan is a place of freedom, compassion, and beauty. So an encampment of tents. So um, I just thought it was interesting that Lisa brought up healing and help, because 
where would you find healing and help but inside of that circle of tents, which would be inside of a family, a clan, which would be inside of a community, and so you find help and healing inside of a community. Oh, there it is. Finally, I have it. <laughs> that's why, because I, ha I was talking about mercy, and this is grace. Okay, so that's why. So the first appearance was Genesis 6-8. Noah found grace in the eyes of Yahuwah. And um, so that word, again, means is beauty, the beauty of the camp. To give um, or show beauty, grace, or mercy to another. And... It can also mean compassion, as in, uh, or another word related to it, sorry, is compassion, graciously given. And that was the verse that um, Dane had brought up. Or was it you that brought that up? Anyway, so the children which um, God has graciously given to your servant. Oh, Lisa did, okay. Um, so grace, um, pitching the tents together in a circle, the circle becomes one continuous wall, and within this wall is a family clan, a place of freedom, compassion, and beauty. So what would be the opposite of that? I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> so, um, but I was thinking that, <laughs> I was thinking that the opposite of living inside a protective wall would be something like going outside of that wall, like be through turning away, being taken captive, um, somehow turning away from the camp, exile, something like that would be the opposite of grace. But I did not find the word. So that is what I have. Any comments? I, uh, I have a comment. Uh, so when I was, I was looking a little bit at said not a whole lot, but I actually found uh, this, the word has said appears in Leviticus 2017, and it appears in a neg negative context, uh, and it means a disgraceful, which I thought was, which I thought, that's pretty amazing, because uh, I have a book by uh, Samuel Hirsch, and he covers this word, he says it means devotion, so you could be devoted to anything, good or bad. Mm. It's kind of like uh, holiness, right? Anything that's kadosh, anything that's set apart, could be set apart for good, it could be set apart for bad. Yep. It, it, and like, it seems to be like a theme here, like are you inside the wall or are you outside the wall? That's are you right. inside the tent, you outside the tent. Are you inside the camp or are you outside the camp? And if you have, if you're in the camp, you have grace and mercy. If you're outside the camp, maybe not so much. So I find it interesting, I got this, I find it interesting that uh, it, it appears to be, you see, uh, grace is something that comes to someone who deserved it, whereas mercy is undeserved. Uh, and I, I find it interesting, this word that, uh, for, for grace, this chet, the first letter, I remember whenever I was teaching about how Eve was created as this Chet, this fence or this wall around uh, Adam. And what did the adversary do? He came after the fence. He wanted to destroy the wall. And you know, I think one of, one of the opposites maybe we'd be looking about about this grace is, it's the things that destroy the wall. Because this is what the adversary did to what God had established. God had established this wonderful setting in the garden. And the adversary comes and says, I want to destroy that wall. I want to bring it down. I want to crumble it. I don't want that 
community of these people, what they're going to produce and be fruitful and multiply, to be the example and the, the uh, character of the Most High, I've got to come in here and I've got to destroy that setting. And so, and the, the reverse, as you said, for chesed would be to destroy it, to, you know, because God wants us, that character of his to be, you know, the, the covenant loyalty. What did, what did he do by destroying the, the fence and the wall? She became unloyal to the covenant. She decided to eat the tree that was forbidden. So he wants to destroy that covenant loyalty to the family unit, to the community unit, break it down, and uh, he wants us to hate our brother. He doesn't, want, doesn't like us when we're loving our brother because you know what, That's, we talked about it last week, this is God's character. No matter what Israel did, he still fed them, he watered them, he clothed them, didn't let their clothing wear out. God was still there for them no matter what. And I find that interesting that we, in what you guys presented, is so critical for us as a community to get that God is talking to us. You guys picked it out, but it's led by the Spirit for what we need today, and that is we need each other because what's coming, it's going to tear down the wall. It's going to tear down the community, and we need one another. We need each other. And in this community, we need to be merciful. We need to be gracious. He's teaching us while we're in this community, what are the attributes that we need to have each day? That love, you know, the, the hav. Uh, we need that love. We need that loving kindness. We need that covenant loyalty. And we need the mercy and the grace, whether it's deserved or whether it's undeserved. Because if he brought it to us undeserved, certainly we can bring it to others who are undeserved. Man, love the story. Anybody else have any questions or comments? What Mark is saying about uh, staying within the community, and there's a verse in scripture that says, forsake not assuming of yourself with others. This is where we get our strength. God has bind us together, brothers and sisters, in him. And a house that divided cannot stand. So us as believers need to stand with one another and ask God to give us the grace and the, the building up where we can stand, although we're all different personalities. But that's beside the point. We're brothers and sisters in Him, and we should stand as community in Him. The world doesn't want it. Yeshua said it you're going to be hated because they hated me. So be encouraged in this. Thank you guys for, the, for reminding us again about God's mercy. We do not deserve it. We do not deserve it, but he is gracious. And we need to just praise him, thank him for who he is. And for the, I was looking at the, like up here, whatever the, the three thing, it looks like a, a fence. And one ago, uh, the, the cruel then had that top bar there. So we don't want to fence ourselves against each other. We want to fence ourselves in the community with him. So one of the things that um, I thought probably the opposite would be was like the Tower of Babylon. They just went straight up. They didn't even think about being in a circle, so they were on a, their own mission 
and that was always trying to, you know, out prove what, you know, Abba had already set in place. But when, um, every time I hear the word favor, I think about when I was a kid, you know, you could go up to your friend and you would say, well, can I ask a favor of you? And so immediately, you know, you take down your bars and this is your friend and whatever they're gonna ask of you, you're gonna wanna do it for them. And so that's how I feel when we go to Abba and we blow it and we miss it. Um, you know, we want him to be merciful for us. And the one way that we can receive his mercy is one, is always being repentant. I think that's what David showed us. I mean, this guy has some sin going on in his life. But the first thing he did is that he repented. And he asked God, would you please be merciful for me? And so that's my prayer all the time. Lord, I'm, I messed up over here, but please forgive me. I want your mercy. You know, give me favor. And that's the same with when he taught us how, with, um, how many times should I give my brother? And I'm telling you this, sometimes I just want to walk people, you know, like, hey, you know, this ain't cool. But the thing of it is, is that I have to say, how many times have I blown it, Father? You know, how many times have I missed the mark? So let me, okay, I gotta forgive him. I don't want to, I wanna whack him, you know, whatever. But the thing of it is, is that I need mercy, I need to be forgiven, and I wanna extend that to the same person. So that's just pretty much what I gather. What reminds me of what you just said is, on the Day of Atonement, everybody's coming to the tabernacle or the temple on the Day of Atonement. And you may be shoulder to shoulder with the guy that you really don't like. You may be shoulder to shoulder with the guy that you have allowed hate to come into, but you're standing before the Creator of Heaven and Earth asking for mercy for yourself. What a lesson it is of what you need to be doing to the guy next to you on that day that everyone's there before the King of Kings. And so God gives us these lessons to walk out, even though we don't get to be there with a million people asking for the same thing, we can visualize it today and see God in action and being merciful to the people and showing them and asking them, look, you need to be merciful too. If you can't be merciful, why would you come before me and ask for mercy for yourself if you can't be merciful? So yes, it's a, it's a good lesson, yes. First, I appreciate what the time you guys spent on those on understanding grace and mercy. Uh, and I can see that there is a clear connection between the two words, but isn't there also a, how the words are different or how they, they mean different? And is it an oversimplification? If you were to look at maybe, um, clearly mercy is something that we, we seek and we plead for if we've straight up done wrong, and then grace might be uh, more of a gift and less of a ducking a punishment. Um, if, there's, if there is a difference between the two, I mean, maybe they are um, synonymous, but I also think there might be some kind of a spectrum of, you've straight up done wrong, you need mercy. I've been tickle tortured by my brother, and I know we used to have to plead for mercy. But grace seems to be more of, of, of a blessing that you don't necessarily deserve, and mercy is, is straight up ducking something that you, you've, you deserve a punishment for mercy. And grace might be, because the, the Creator has poured out uh, a grace 
to us with vast abundance. Um, I'm just wondering if there's a difference between the, the two words and what your thoughts are about how they are different. I did look that up. Uh, mercy and grace are closely related. While the terms have similar meanings, grace and mercy are not exactly the same. Mercy has to do with kindness and compassion. It is often spoken of in the context of Elohim's not punishing us as our sins deserve. Grace includes kindness and compassion, but also carries the idea of bestowing a gift or favor. It may help to view mercy as a subset of grace. In scripture, mercy is often equated with a deliverance from judgment. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 30, 31, 1 Timothy 1 through 13. Want to say something? Yeah, I was going to close. Did you have something you need to say? Yeah, yeah. So this theme has come into our studies this week in various different ways. And one of them I think is very interesting was someone was sharing with us, it was a, a pastor, and he was sharing that our, our walk in our in our foundational beginnings, okay, taught us that the farther we've walked in this walk, the closer we get to God. Our relationship develops this closeness to where we can almost err in pride, arrogance, and judgmentalness towards others who have not reached where we have reached in our relationship with the Most High. And he said, in actuality, those that have, the longer that they have this walk, the greater the gap they see between themselves and the Most High, because they see that they do need mercy, they do need grace, that that is the placeholder between them and the Most High, that mercy and grace falls in. And it's not that we see ourselves as this, I've arrived and you haven't yet, but we see ourselves in this great distance, and if it wasn't for our Messiah and what he did to bridge that gap, we see the gift that was given to us when we never even deserved it. So I did want to add one thing before we close, and that is Dane brought up the womb, and as you were speaking about it, I couldn't help but think about, here we see the prophet foretelling this child that's going to come from the womb who's going to be the author of the mercy. So the mercy is going to come from that which was birthed from that womb to mankind, which is really awesome, the connection of that whole womb thing. So let's come before the Most High. Father, we thank you so much for this time of study. We so much need these lessons and these wonderful nuggets that you're giving us about how we should be walking and how we should be mindful about what we need to be doing in our hearts and our minds that we need to have the character that you have, that we need to be merciful, we need to be gracious. Father, we need to walk in that covenant loyalty, that chesed. We need, Father, to have your love in our hearts because, Father, if we're not doing things in love, it doesn't matter how much knowledge we have, it's in vain because, Father, you are a God of love, mercy, and grace. So thank you for the lesson. We give you praise and glory. In your son Yahushua's name, amen.
Thank you, everybody online. We'll see you at 3 o'clock. Thank you all that's here. Uh, have a wonderful time fellowshipping until 3. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.